Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to the Future of Leadership, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Paul McCarthy. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Paul's episodes, we'll cover practical insights, tips, and executable activities to get you thinking about the future of leadership in your organization. Let's begin. It's time to reframe the narrative. It's time to create the conditions for our leaders, leadership teams, and organizations to have open and honest conversations that matter. I'm Paul Mack from Paul Mack Leadership, just a poor boy from Shepherd's Bush, challenging the way things are done. I've adopted a counterintuitive approach to the future of leadership that's starting to gain traction. What I'm sharing is raw, it's unconventional, but it's always focused on having the conversations we need to have. Through our work, research, and understanding of current and future trends in leadership, we now know that organizations will increasingly need a different philosophy, mindset, and approach to support their organizations and leaders to navigate ongoing disruption. Fired Leadership, as you'll see, introduces the five critical leadership qualities that leaders and organizations will need to successfully navigate this ongoing disruption. Currently, leaders who demonstrate these five critical leadership qualities are being sidelined, marginalized, and even fired when they display them. No other leadership philosophy, program, or practitioner talks about these future leader qualities as being critical to the future of leadership. And yet the research clearly corroborates their increasing significance to a leader's ability to lead effectively. In these next five episodes of the GGG Unleashed series, we'll introduce each of these leadership qualities and show you at a high level how to define this leadership quality in your leaders, what it's like when a leader exudes this leadership quality, and the impact on your organization of a leader who demonstrates this leadership quality. By the end of each episode, you'll have some tips to help you and your organization to begin to identify, recruit, onboard, and develop leaders in your current leadership pool and future leadership pipeline who have these much needed five critical leadership qualities that we'll need for the future. Today, we're going to talk about the role, value, and impact of a leader who is real and accountable. I call these accountables. I was sitting in a coffee shop in 2018 with a friend about why I was considering writing a book. She asked me, why do you think you've been fired four times, Paul, from four different executive leadership roles? My instant reply, it's because I practice what I preach. Now, I wouldn't know this at the time, though this congruence of practicing what one preaches became the hallmark of what being a real and accountable leader is. At Fired Leadership, as I said, we call this accountable. And accountable does what they say they will do. What you see is what you'll get. It's that simple. No fancy explanation needed. They disregard dysfunctional and outdated cultural, organizational, and leadership norms. And above all, they refuse to wear a professional mask. More on that later. An example from my own leadership experience of being an accountable. As you know from my story, I've gone through some time-consuming, expensive, and contrived multi-stage recruitment processes with lots of global consulting firms that I've worked at. I demonstrated all of the fired leadership qualities throughout these recruitment processes, communicated my leadership philosophy, and made it abundantly clear what kind of leader they would be hiring. Specifically in terms of being an accountable, I clarified that I would show up as a whole human being, one without a mask, 
I stressed that I didn't play games and I would have open conversations with my direct reports. I also said that if they didn't like that approach, we could end the recruitment process there and then. No hard feelings. Each person I spoke with nodded along, reiterating that that's what they wanted in a leader. Now, in retrospect, I see they didn't believe. They didn't believe I would literally come as advertised. After all, they used the same vernacular, knowing that in practice, nothing ever changed. They knew they were not being honest when they spoke. Why should they believe I was? They expected me to do what they did, say the right buzzwords, give a disingenuous smile, and put none of it into practice. As you know from my story, it took only three months for me to run afoul of that reality. My story echoes much of what happened with the ousted CEO of Airbus back in 2006. You may or may not remember the name Christian Streif. Christian was appointed as the CEO by the Airbus board after a 12-month recruitment effort and fired after just three months by that same board for adopting a back me or sack me campaign, which was based on the strategy that he presented to the board, and by the way, they agreed to as part of the recruitment activities, about how to consolidate and turn around the business that was failing. It was failing to maintain its market dominance. Christian Streif refused to play the political game, opting to do what he thought was right for the wider company. For being an accountable, he was fired. For such a simple point and simple concept of practicing what one preaches and doing what they say they will, the research in this field is incredibly complicated. It overlaps and it's contradictory. A plethora of seemingly interchangeable terms are used and misunderstood to explain what being an accountable is. For instance, compassionate leadership, servant-based leadership, human-centered leadership, authentic leadership, empathetic leadership, and vulnerability. Let me just simplify this for you folks. Being an accountable as a leader is at the core of all of these terms. Research conducted by Chan McAllister, Sherry Moss, and Mark Matinko, referenced in the notes, suggests that a recent trend in leadership is to define a new style of leadership, i.e. authentic, ethical, etc., and then demonstrate how following its principles can improve performance. As such, there's been an unending proliferation of leadership styles that have been espoused by researchers and practitioners alike. In fact, within the top six management journals over the last five years, they found 134 articles on leadership promoting at least 29 different leadership theories, including authentic, transformational, charismatic, ethical, and servant-based leadership. A similar search they did over the past five years of HBR articles resulted in at least 161 articles dedicated to discussing various leadership theories and styles. The forms of leadership espoused in these articles were similar to the ones we f they found in academic journals, but also include other unique styles such as artful, humble, and many others. So my question to you as you look at all of this is how can your organization afford not to embrace leaders who are real and accountable? And also, think of leaders who do what they say they will. How are they perceived in your organization? One of my clients that I worked with in the healthcare sector espoused being real and accountable, but their behavior demonstrated the exact opposite. As part of a strategic planning workshop, I was helping them 
to distill their priorities for the next three to five years. The leaders were enthusiastic, they showed up, they were accountable, and they even embarked on an accountability initiative to allocate initiatives to each leader. However, when we started that process to actually put names in the boxes, as it were, silence. This is typical of what I've seen. These leaders and hundreds others I've worked with seem to lack the ability to be real and accountable, despite indicating that they were. Now, if we delve deeper into what this also indicates, this is an example of what I call the three data points. And I've seen it across all industries, all sectors, and at all leadership levels. Despite that research I referred to above, there seems to be an incongruence in terms of the modern day approach to being a leader in today's organizations. And it's worrying. For instance, the first data point, we've all seen the one page statements that sit on the wall, developed by me, others like me, that talk about congruence, accountability, and being real and leading with integrity. The second data point is we go into those offices of those leaders and we see the books that are on the shelves. And the third data point is the way that leaders then themselves lead and the way they interact with others. There's a complete incongruence between those three data points. And few want to openly discuss this because it's uncomfortable. And it's an uncomfortable truth about what it's like being a leader in the majority of today's organizations. Now, let's give an example of how being a real leader is good for business. The name Nick Cirillo may not mean anything to you at this point, though Nick embodies the art of being a real and accountable leader and accountable. A restaurant expansion into a new location rendered Nick unable to meet payroll. So against the advice of everyone, including bankers, advisors, and family, he wrote an open and public letter on the restaurant's website titled An Uncertain Future. In it, he outlined the current predicament, his role in it, his ownership of that, and he demonstrated complete transparency, humility, and he demonstrated what I would call a leader who was real and accountable to the outcome. And the outcome was that the restaurant survived and thrived. Think about that, folks. Being real is really good for business. Still not convinced that we need leaders who turn up as being real? Well, consider the mounting research on the future of work trends and why our approach to the future of leadership must evolve. Let's take a look at the fraction of the research on this. You may already be familiar with Frederick Leloux, Reinventing Organizations. A summary of his book can be found in the show notes. The key point from this research indicates that organizations will increasingly be driven by a wider sense of mission and purpose. This is commonly referred to as a foundation of teal-based organizations in Leloux's work. Teal-based organizations are characterized by three things. A sense of evolutionary purpose, where people are aligned to a wide mission. Wholeness, where people are encouraged to show up as themselves without a professional mask bringing all of who they are to work instead of a narrow professional self. And thirdly, integrity and authenticity. Believe it or not, and whether you want to accept it or not, in our current organizations, there's an expectation that we show up to work with a professional mask, a professional self. It pushes us to wear this mask. Some will deny this, but for most, it's absolutely essential that they keep wearing a mask because we're used to it. Now, leaders who are real and accountable are uniquely positioned to evolve organizations as part of the future of work, and they don't wear masks. In fact, they're always accessible to those who need them. They seek feedback on their own blind spots and their own areas to improve. They're always acting in a collaborative manner, 
in every interaction. And as I said, they don't wear professional masks. One last example of this, if you're interested in seeing how to embody this characteristic of being real as a leader, is from Darren Childs, former CEO of UK TV. Demonstrate his authenticity and to build trust, Childs placed a post box on the stage during his leadership team Q&A, and he encouraged people to put questions into the box that he selected live on stage to be answered by him and his leadership teams. No rehearsed responses, no canned responses, no plants in the audience, just bare bone, real and accountable leadership. This example shows how UK TV was embodying the idea of being real as part of the leadership that was being seen. They were being seen as transparent, and this was critical to build organizational and leadership level trust. A couple of questions for you. How does being real or not real manifest in your leaders? How does your organization actively encourage leaders or discourage leaders from being real? And how can being real and accountable as a leader enhance organizational trust in your organization? Think about that. Let me tell you about Sarah. That's not her real name. Sarah was one of the up and coming consultants at a consulting firm I worked at. Typical scenario, you'll understand. She was overworked to the point of burnout and refusing to say no because she thought saying no would ruin her career. We all know the type. End of the day, I left the office, heard her crying. She was burned out. Her boss was toxic, who was my, my peer. She was also my boss. And her work was suffering. She was suffering. Her clients were suffering. The team she worked with was suffering. I displayed empathy and understanding and compassion about her situation. I could have left the office, but I didn't. I took her out for a drink and I wanted to better understand her challenges. Together, we devised a plan to support and prevent Sarah from leaving the consulting firm. And she thanked me profusely. Her work improved, her ability to interact with colleagues and deliver great work. All of that improved tremendously. She also mentioned it to her boss one day about how grateful she was for my support, because that's what real and accountable leaders do. They help others genuinely and expect nothing in return. A few days later, I was reprimanded by my boss for being, and I quote, the kind of leader that the consulting firm did not want. Now I ask you folks, is demonstrating empathy and being real, despite working in an employer of choice, something that you want to encourage in your organization or discourage? Let me just remind you about some of the costs that ignoring Sarah and, and the situation around Sarah results in. We've already talked about in previous episodes, $8 trillion and counting every year that Gallup estimates in global disengagement. And SHRM recently demonstrated in the US alone in the last five years, the cost of a toxic organizational culture is $223 billion. Interestingly, research from DDI in 2023 in their global leadership forecast, which surveyed over 15,000 leaders, found that across all industries and cultures, one of the commonalities that defines great leaders, it's empathy. In our work, we show that empathy is critical to a leader's ability to be real. Now let's take a well-known example. The CEO of Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard still has lunch in the cafeteria of the company headquarters every day with his fellow staff, and he pays for his own lunch too. His philosophy? Well, to sit with his staff, have lunch with them, and talk about things that make us human, 
There's no culture of hierarchy, no leaders wearing masks, no cultural norm of company leaders sitting at different tables than staff. Just the CEO sitting down as one person eating lunch with another person. Consider stories like that of the Patagonia CEO as we introduce some findings from DDI's 2023 Global Leadership Forecast, specifically from the section Crisis of Trust in Leadership and Purpose. Employees are 5.3 times more likely to trust leaders who regularly display vulnerability. And if leaders genuinely acknowledge their failures or shortcomings, they were 7.5 times more likely to maintain trust over those that did not. Some questions for you to consider. What happens if we don't expect and embrace our leaders, both current and future, to be real and accountable? What happens if we discourage leaders from being real? And how can encouraging leaders to be real in the workplace maximize every leader's potential? How can it improve morale? And how can it reduce turnover? In this episode, I shared the third of the fired leader qualities, real and accountable, a critical future leadership quality for how organizations identify, recruit, onboard, and develop leaders. By now, I hope you've learned why they're important and how to identify leaders who are what I call accountable. Take time to digest what you've heard in this episode and ask yourself, in the context of the future of work, why is it increasingly important that organizations seek to identify, cultivate, and embrace leaders who are real and accountable? How might you or your organization's approach to leadership need to adapt or change in order to see and embrace the value of leaders who are real? How likely are you to trust your peers or leaders in your organization if they're not being real? And I'd like you to identify one to three activities you can conduct right now that will positively impact how leaders who demonstrate this quality are identified, recruited, and onboarded in your organization. If you're seeking more insight into how leaders who are real and accountable are identified or want to understand the impact that they can truly have, reach out to me on LinkedIn and we'll send you a Fired Leader Handbook. Message me handbook. We also run Fired Leadership Labs to help hiring managers, chief people officers, VPs of HR, to understand these Fired Leader qualities and how to integrate them into how leaders are identified, recruited, onboarded, and developed. And the other thing, we've developed the world's first leadership program on fired leadership. It's being deployed to a range of different beta audiences as we speak from different organizations around the world. And if you'd like to be part of this beta audience, find me on LinkedIn and message me to start a conversation. Until the next time, be well and be real. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning about the future of leadership. We'll be back next month with Paul for another episode. But until then, please visit Paul's website for additional resources at paulmacleadership.com. And until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans.